0: Hey, this is Sean from Sean and D's Good Tape, and I've got some good news and some bad news. The good news is, if you listen to this on the day that the show is posted, it's Friday. So happy Friday and welcome to the weekend. The bad news is, is we don't have a new episode this week. I don't like that kind of talk. I don't like that kind of talk either, Dee's mom, but uh, we will be back next week with a brand new episode. Meanwhile, until then, we will leave you with a classic episode of Sean and Dee's Good Tape all the way back to episode two, which would have been taped somewhere back in June, I do believe. I believe it was uh, Father's Day that this show posted originally and uh, lots of good songs on here. So we hope you enjoy this re-listen of Sean and Dee's Good Tape. And we'll be back with the top um, eight songs from female artists next week. And then in two weeks, we've got at least the first half of the nirvana unplugged album we're thinking about making that a two-part episode because it's going to be so big and such so much stuff to talk about with that episode but until then enjoy and we'll talk to you again next week Well, good afternoon and welcome to this edition of Sean and D's Good Tape. I'm Sean Newell. That's Dennis Brzezinski over there. Hey, Dean. How's it going,
1: John? Happy Father's Day.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. It is Father's Day on this uh, day that we're taping. Don't know if you'll listen to it on that day, but that's okay if you don't. We, uh, I gotta say, I am amazed at the response that we got to our first episode last week. I figured, honestly, when we set this up, you and I did this just so we could uh, like have a reason to talk to each other on a more regular basis. And if like a couple of our friends listen to it, that's cool. The response has been absolutely overwhelming.
1: It's way more than I expected. I couldn't be happier or more excited about it You know, it makes it just makes it even more fun that people give a shit
0: yeah exactly and and there's a lot of good music out there to talk about we've got a playlist of eight songs to go over today i think the one thing that struck me even more than anything was the international listen listenership and i know you've got some friends um that you've met along the way with some of your travels for the job that you do but i mean even places like at first it was it was france and south korea and you said that you knew the people who'd listen but then i looked on it and this like pakistan and south america and iran and you know these places that it's like what? You want to listen to two guys from central Illinois originally that are talking about music from 20 years ago. That just amazes me.
1: It's it's so cool. I I, I mean, that's like some of those places like, wow, like who? two middle-aged white guys talking about shit that they did 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, like yeah. who honestly thought people would give a shit about this? Yeah, awesome. yeah. It's yeah, been awesome. Thank you so much.
0: Well, the one the one response that I got more than anything, and I think it's something for us to keep in mind as we go along, is people found this to just be an outlet of something to listen to that didn't have anything to do with what's going on in the real world today. I think everybody is just really stressed out about coronavirus and and the um racial unrest that we have in the country right now and so many different other things, an election coming up in November, and they just want to hear about something that's a little bit more fun.
1: We decided to do the playlist instead of just a couple of songs because that seems to be a fun part. That uh, that I I think you've been told about it too, like people like that, you know, it gives them something to listen to and, and for us to talk about. So that's the format of the show here going out.
0: Yeah. So you want to start? First song's yours. I do believe.
1: Yes, sir. We're going to start off with uh, Present Tense by Pearl Jam, and uh, we'll talk about some of the reasons why. Uh, but but the, one of the things I wanted to talk about is my friend Jen from France, who is a listener. Uh, this is this song. She saw them for the first time. In, uh, it was June third. Uh, in 2000, and Eddie introduced the songs uh, with this. He, he said, it's sometimes songs are written and you find little messages in them. You play them every day and they're kind of like little prayers and they kind of keep you on the right track. And then sometimes when you're in a band or, you know, like I found some messages that I think were written for me to hear, you know, or I figure if you put it in a song and then you play it, you know, over and over, maybe it will finally sink in, even to the guy who wrote it. Not sure if that makes any sense, but uh, if you need it, it probably does. I'm going to listen to myself on this one. It's called Presentation.
0: Yeah, it's, it's an amazing song. And, and honestly, I'm not going to lie. I, I've i listened to No Code many times in my life. You know, it came out in 1996, which 1996 is going to be a little bit of a theme of this episode a little bit with some different things that went on. Um, but uh I was reintroduced to it, I guess, when The Last Dance was on with um, Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls recently, the 10-part documentary on ESPN and Netflix, and it was the last thing that played towards the end of it, and i just either forgotten or had never actually listened to this song in any any way, shape, or form, but my goodness, did it fit the end of that documentary with talking about people, you know, not necessarily not being able to let go of the past and and not living in the present and just moving forward. And I think the line that that stuck out to me is you're the only one who can forgive yourself, you know, because you're the only one that these conversations that somehow bothered you keep going through your head for years and years and years when the other people probably long forgot about it or didn't care about it in the first place.
1: Oh yeah, nearly as much, and and that's the thing. It makes much more sense to live in the present tense. I mean, that is, Jesus Christ, especially now. Uh, you know, that seems so prevalent, or, or not prevalent. Whatever you know, what the word I'm trying to say. It, it seems prescient. Yeah, is that right?
0: A precedent. Yeah. I don't know what we're just looking for. I don't for. care. I, don't
1: yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, I, it's been proven I'm an idiot, so I'm okay with
0: it. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I think I th- got the point. I think I think that you know, looking at looking at things from the past, that we, yes, I mean, with with the way that society is going right now, it would be much better just to live in the moment and think towards the future and not worry about stuff that happened a year ago, ten years ago, fifty years 20 ago, twenty years whatever. ago. <laughs> there you go there you go i think the thing that stuck out to me though with the last dance you know sticking on that with which fit this song so much is you listen to michael jordan be interviewed and you can tell that things that literally did happen 25 years ago still piss him off like nobody's business you know and they still and and if he could still play basketball he would still be playing basketball and trying to you know dominate everybody on the court and stuff like that but when it all ended and they were talking about, you know, the team being broken up and he thought maybe it was a little bit premature because they never actually lost a championship and they didn't get to defend that sixth title and he wanted to. You could tell that there was just a sense of just, I don't I don't know if it's anger, but so much resentment and stuff to where this guy who you think would have everything in the world that you would ever want, you look at him and go, he's not really all that fulfilled when you see him at the end of the day, he owns an NBA team. You know, it's not a particularly good NBA team, but he does own an NBA team, but, but he's still not fulfilled even though he won six titles and is generally thought of as the greatest player of all time.
1: It's it, but it's amazing to me that, I mean, that's, why you, you know, that, that documentary and his hall of fame speech, you see how driven he was regardless. Like mm-hmm. he wanted to be the best. He knew people were coming out to see him. So he wanted to give them their all and he would make up the shit, you know, in his head, like, you know, to, to, to beat these people, to, you know, to play at the level he did. I mean, it was me and you, you know, especially with our friend, Richie, we would, we watched so many of those, that this era, those games together. And he was just unbelievable
0: we were often thought of uh, the way we watched bulls games is that it was some sort of religion, the way that we had to sit in the same spots and wear the same clothes and, you know, just all the weird goofy stuff that we did watching those yeah. games. But, uh, you know, I, it was a great, by the way, if you haven't watched the documentary, watch the documentary, it's absolutely, oh, absolutely. outstanding. Just if you've got little kids, watch the, uh, edited version. Cause there's a, <laughs> whew, there's a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, words in it that you don't want your little kids to hear, no doubt about it, which kind of took me kind of by surprise a little bit some of the behind the scenes stuff. One one other note on that really quick and I and I sent it to you and our friend Richie the other day. What did you think of that video from Ellen where they replaced the cigars with the little uh, did you watch that? Oh,
1: yes, I did. I thought it was hilarious.
0: The little what do you want to call those the party the party favors, the little uh, streamer things that you blow into and the little
1: yeah. I don't know. I think to... things is what they're actually called.
0: Yeah. Like, but, yeah I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> but every time that they were smoking cigars, they replaced it with that. If you haven't seen it, go on YouTube and watch it. It'll crack you up. But all it's right. So what, weird. what is next on our list? You've got the master list for I the uh,
1: the next yes. one, Sean is smash by the offspring. All right. The, uh, the biggest reason we should chose this was the offspring was a huge band during this era. And, uh, uh, that album smash, this is the title track on it. Uh, in, uh, I guess it was our junior year of high school. Our friend Kenny, who was a year older than us, used to do the morning announcements. And uh, uh, I remember it as he played this song. Uh, You know, and it's got the choruses. I'm not a trendy asshole. I do what I want, do what I feel like. I'm not a trendy asshole. I don't give a fuck if it's good enough for you because I'm alive is the next line. But I remember that was the song that he played on there and got him kicked off the, uh, uh, the morning announcements. But it's a great song. It's a great album. But that's the reason I chose this one when we were talking about the offspring.
0: Yeah, I don't remember it. I I do remember him playing "Keep Them Separated," but because that's the first time I ever heard that song, I was like, "Ooh, that's a good song." And I believe that was the first single off of the record, which was called "Smash." Correct.
1: The, yeah, the album itself was called. Smash. Yeah, keep yeah,
0: but I, th- I think "Keep 'Em Separated" was the first single, and and I remember hearing it and thinking, wow, that's a that's a really fun song. And that whole album is actually uh, really worth a listen to, even still, you know, 25 years later. With uh, that and self-esteem, and there's a lot of really good songs on there.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. The other thing I thought I found out that I thought was cool. I've known this, but Is the lead singer Dexter Holland actually has a master's degree in molecular biology.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. What does, yeah, he, does he do anything with leader it? leader of a punk band? Do you know if he does anything with it?
1: Uh, he makes rock and roll
0: music. (laughs) I'm sure
1: it serves him well.
0: I guess you can come up with some really fun words to use in, in lyrics that people won't understand. You know, that's the one thing when you really start breaking down lyrics, is there's some lines in it and you can tell that after you, after you read it, you're like, they just threw that in there because they didn't have anything else to fill it with, you know, and that's like every song written by any artist ever, but it's, but yeah, I'm sure that big words that you can get out of being, having a master's degree and that could help.
1: We've got a song coming up that is, filled with a lot of nonsense words uh, but we'll get we'll touch on that when we get to it
0: all right next
1: next sean is uh don't look back in anger by oasis
0: ah yes the song from uh what was that album actually called oh man uh,
1: what's the story morning glory
0: that's song. right i knew it was something that was fun
1: released october 5th 1995
0: the album was Yes, it was. You know, the interesting thing when I was reading up on this song earlier today, I did not realize Wonderwall is the song that everybody remembers from that album.
1: That one in Champagne Supernova.
0: Yeah, but I think Wonderwall was like their huge hit of their career. Okay. You know, and and uh, but what I didn't realize is Don't Look Back in Anger was a single that was released between those two songs. And, and, and I don't really remember them playing Don't Look Back in Anger on the radio that much. I remember all of us listening to it because we kind of, you know, really liked that album. There's really not what you would deem a bad song on that album. I know a lot of people thought Oasis was a Beatles rip off and they didn't like them because they caused a lot of crap in their personal lives and, and all of that kind of stuff. But their music's actually really
1: good. This album, Sean, sold 22 million copies worldwide. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's impressive. So oh, I, I yeah. think, yeah, I, 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 mean, they, they, I think they even referenced some uh, about being Beatles rip offs. And mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, there's a line in the song. Uh, so I start a revolution from my bed, which is, uh, you know, a, a direct link to the, the john and yoko bed in revolution that they tried to do you know in the 60s
0: well according to song facts going along that line it says the beatles and especially john lennon were a huge influence on oasis and that influence is perhaps most apparent in this song the piano intro was taken from lennon's imagine and the line so i start a revolution from my bed is a reference to the song who stayed who staged a famous bed in to promote peace and Noel Gallagher told an interviewer at one point that he borrowed the line, the brains I had went to my head from Lennon's taped rec- recorded notes from a memoir that he planned to write before his death. So oh. yeah, there was a lot of, uh, Certainly a lot of um, Beatles overtones when it came to this song. The one thing that I found most interesting is, you know, the so Sally can wait part before it's too late. You know, and, and that that whole line is Sally is nobody. Sally was a made up made up person that they put into the song. So because it, it's actually
1: he his quote it is quoted as I don't actually know anybody called Sally. It's just a word that fit, you know, might as well throw a girl's name in there.
0: Yeah, makes sense. And apparently yeah. they were on tour with the verb, the verve, excuse me, I said verb. Um and uh he wrote this song like a few days before they were doing sound check and he started playing during the sound check and everybody was watching him. So he just started making up some lyrics to the song that ended up staying in it, because that's what good artists do, I suppose.
1: Uh this is also the first single by Oasis to feature Noel and not Liam as the singer on.
0: I found I found that interesting as well because there was a, there was apparently they were going back and forth over who was going to sing that in Wonderwall, <laughs> so you know it's kind of kind of bizarre I guess when you're in a when a, you're in a related relationship like that that uh, you got to give and take a little bit and you don't necessarily just get to be the lead singer all the time. So good song. This though.
1: was a, this was such a fun song too to sing in Benny. You know,
0: like the, So Sally. That, well, it's you know, like an anthem to a certain course. degree. Yeah. It's like an anthem to a certain degree, just the way everybody can sing it together, you know, that type of a thing. I mean, not really an anthem like you would think of an anthem, but you get my point. Well, no, yeah,
1: that fits, I think so. Yeah, so
0: good song, though. And also, you know, when it goes to present tense, you know, seeing a connection and we'll get to more as we go along in this, but also a connection of, you know, don't look back, you know, don't look back in anger, stay in the present tense. We've got another song coming up that kind of fits that model as well.
1: The, uh, let's see, the other cool thing, this was the the song that, uh, you know, after the Manchester bombings in 2017, mm-hmm. uh, this was like the big anthem song that uh, that they, one of the big anthem songs that they covered, it was Chris Martin and uh, Johnny Buckland uh, uh, with Ariana Grande and everybody who was involved in that. And, oh. you know, the crowd in Manchester, you know, sang along with it, you know. It, it's an amazing video. If you, if you haven't seen it, you should go and watch it.
0: Yeah, I do. I want to see that now that you say that, I bet that is really cool. I'm sure it's easily yeah. found on YouTube. Uh, oh, one, absolutely. one thing, don't forget, um, there is a playlist for this, uh, for all the songs that we're going through that's on Spotify. If you want to explain to them how to, how to get that Dennis.
1: Oh yeah. It's uh our, our, you know, it's Sean and these, uh, good tape is the name of our, you know, Spotify thing. And I'll put a link in our Instagram page, which is, uh, I think it's dot and uh, these or whatever something and I, we'll we'll throw it up there but we are on instagram we've got 25 followers now sean you know,
0: oh that. oh man. <laughs> man
1: i know two of them are us uh, <laughs> but uh, but it's still pretty neat to see that people growing and giving a shit about us like we you know we talked about
0: instagram is one of those things that i've never really messed with too much i've had an instagram account for about five years and i don't think i've ever posted to it if something didn't go on facebook because you know it'll post to both at the same time. So, uh, I, I don't know a whole lot about Instagram and all the hashtags, if you will. Cause, uh, I saw, I was the other day that you posted something and had like 50 hashtags with it. And I was like, yeah. man, that would yeah. make my brain hurt after a while. So Dennis is taking <laughs> care of the Instagram page.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so uh, after, after we record this, I'll post that, uh, that playlist up there. Okay. Uh, and, and, uh, and the link to this episode on Spotify and you can find us on Apple podcasts and, and, uh, we're gonna to try to grow in you know other places. If there's somewhere you wanna hear us. Somehow you want to hear it so Just let us know And we can take
0: care of that Well the other thing too Is send us song suggestions Because I mean It's it's fun to say This is episode number two And we put together A pretty good playlist today And all of that stuff And I'm sure for the first Like you know Several episodes We're going to be cool With easily finding songs But it's also fun To say hey This is a song that You know fits in our wheelhouse I mean we don't want Something that's like We don't want all of a sudden Put you know Some top 40 song from You know th- That isn't necessarily In our wheelhouse You know But, uh, but anything that kind of Fits this brand you know send us a note we're happy to talk about it you know I
1: yeah absolutely and mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be from this era Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean that's kind of the why we started thinking about doing Mm -hmm. this was uh, the good tapes and and yeah you know, the nineties music. Mm-hmm. But uh but there's gotta be music from the sixties and eighties and stuff on here
0: too. Well and I would listen. also I would also like at some point because because I will say between the two of us, you know, D, you're much more the music aficionado, if you will. I'm just along for the ride when it comes to the music discussion. But uh you you like new music, you find new music, you listen uh-huh. to new music. At some point it would be kind of fun to just, hey, this is a brand new song that just came out. Let's talk about it and kind of introduce it to people because I mean I could use a little bit of new music and my life you know here and there and you know not just listen to stuff that's you know from the last few decades stuff that's new and relevant and you know there's just there's not a lot of bands that kind of fit the profile of music that i like as much as there used to be so that's that's where it becomes hard
1: yeah we're old people now sean
0: i know right those kids kids, those kids uh, listening to all that music that they listen to oh my gosh (laughs) what's next
1: uh next sean is milk it by nirvana off in, in utero the reason I chose this song, Sean, is uh, it reminded me of a uh, journalism class, uh, which made you were in our, our uh, senior year, junior and senior year, right? Yep. Uh, but we used to have fun uh, with the screensavers, you know, those old uh, uh, Windows computers where, you know, had the funny screensavers and you could type in things. We used to do song lyrics, and this was one that I remember doing. Uh, lost eye- eyesight, I'm on your side, to left wing, right wing, broken wing lack of iron indoor sleeping protector of the kennel ectoplasmal ectoskeletal obituary birthday your son is still here in my place of recovery and what
0: does that mean nonsense. yeah what does yeah. that mean nothing
1: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely nothing but it was fun because uh you know like we fucked around in that class so much with uh miss bassy uh mrs bassy uh, but uh, but that was a lot of a lot of fun with that class
0: Yeah, no, it absolutely was. And I think we started a trend because I remember there would be times where there was Beatles songs that went around the entire computer lab. Because back then, you know, it was computer labs. Everybody didn't walk around with the Chromebooks and the laptops and all that stuff they do now. I I actually remember, speaking of that lab, that when they got the new Macintosh computers in there that we used for the journalism class and for yearbook, that they had this this little icon on it that said Internet. And it was like, what? what is that? What does that mean? And you'd click on it and nothing would happen. But then, you know, later when you get out of school and you go to college and you finally get introduced to what the internet was and how it's exploded over the last 25 years. But yes, as you know, referencing how old we are, the fact that we remember computers that set internet on them and they didn't actually do anything.
1: No internet connection. The other fun thing about that class that I remember, Sean, is, is uh, I, I was in it my sophomore year. Me and uh, Missy were the only two sophomore kids that got to do it the first year it was it was a paper and uh and you guys came in uh, junior and senior year and i remember no it was me it was
0: it was me and you and missy that did it our junior year and the it was only our junior and senior year but it was it was the three of us that were the only three that were allowed to do it as juniors for whatever weird reason
1: okay see this is why we're good together sean you remember (laughs) the actual stories of things let me tell you about your life d (laughs) (laughs) we've had those discussions before yeah Uh, but but the, the funny thing is, I remember you saying, "How can you get all your shit in the, in the paper?" And Miss Bassie always turns out my ideas, ideas. And I said to you, Sean, "What you do is you don't tell her what you're writing until the day it's supposed to be turned in." You know, you just make up something. I'm working on something, Miss Bassy. I'll get it. I'll get it, and you'll get your stuff in the paper. And that I think that finally worked for you.
0: Yes, it did. But I will say this in real in real journalism class, or real uh, real journalism life, I guess I should say. If uh, somebody did that to me, I'd be like, Well, it looks like you put a lot of work in for nothing. Oh, absolutely, (laughs) absolutely.
1: Of course, this was fucking high school. Yeah,
0: it's kind of funny. It's just it's just kind of funny to look back for me to look back at that journalism class and be 16 years old or 17 years old working in a journalism class. in high school and then you know 25 years later being where i'm at now with uh leading a newsroom and stuff like that because certainly no qualifications back then to be able to do what i'm doing
1: today we were so full of shit.
0: i mean i wrote i wrote bulls reviews all the time i literally wrote articles about if the chicago bulls could win the title and that was all i really cared about
1: and all i wrote about was music
0: yeah yeah that's funny that's funny stuff what's the next song
1: let's move on <laughs> it's i'll stick around by Foo Fighters, Sean.
0: And, you know, those two songs go really well together in terms of Nirvana on their last album into the first album by the Foo Fighters. Or You really could just say the album by Dave Grohl because he didn't really have a whole lot of people helping him out on making that record.
1: He had only one guy help on the song Ecstatic playing guitar. It was Greg Doley from Afghan Wakes, Sean. Everything else was recorded and played by Dave Grohl himself.
0: That's crazy. And,
1: yeah. So this was the actual, the... Uh, First video for the Food Fighters. They didn't do release of uh, the first single was. Uh, this is the call. This is the big call, me, and there was no official video for it. Uh, uh, so that was fun. This and you know that's led to. in Food Fighters are famous for their silly videos. Uh, but he uh, about this song. He said the album second single, uh, Dave Grohl described it as a very negative song about feelings you were violated or deprived, and considered it the strongest song I've ever written because it was the one song that I
0: actually meant it felt emotional wow yeah that's yeah it's a good song too the and and he did come out and say after 15 years of denying it apparently in 2009 that the uh the part of the song was written you know in defiance of courtney love you know because a a lot of people would ask him that and he would always deny it and he was finally like you all know it's true i'm going to stop denying it basically after after several years because of all of the uh Issues that Courtney Love had with uh, with Dave Grohl and the other members of Foo Fighters after Kurt Cobain died or, you know, committed suicide. Speaking of suicide again, you know, uh, um, you know, it's uh, just one of those things that you could tell that that was what it was written for. But
1: he just didn't want to talk about it. The lines like I don't owe you anything that that whole chorus breakdown. Again, it was one of those things that was just so fun to drive around in that car with the windows rolled down sure. out in the country, just screaming it. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, a fun memory I think I have of this. Uh, not, I think I know I have of it. Is uh, I believe that summer, uh, me and you went to Six Flags with your parents. Uh-huh. The uh huh. Between junior and, and senior year, yeah. And we discussed we would drive around so much in just around the Franklin area. And the, the big town that was close to us, Springfield, you know, had all the good record stores and the mall and Best Buy and all that. And I, my memory is that it was that trip where we were like, where you decided, like, because you were a little worried about Benny because it was an older car. Mm-hmm. And this is when we finally it did, decided. it did break down a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is when we, you finally decided that it was probably safe to try to make a trip to, to Springfield. Mm-hmm. So I remember we got back on a Sunday and we went to Springfield and uh, we went to Coconuts there that record store mm-hmm. and I bought this and I bought the CD that
0: day. Hmm. That was right next to that pizza by the slice place. You know, where yeah, what you the go, hell was that called? Luca. I think it's my, you still be there. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I'm not positive. I don't really go to Springfield all that often anymore, but, uh, no. but yeah, or at least don't stop by, you know, as I'm driving through or whatever, but you know, you got to stop and get a piece of sausage pizza because everybody likes sausage.
1: Everybody likes sausage. Yeah.
0: Pizza.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's an inside joke too. too. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. So, you got anything else on that one, Sean?
0: I don't know.
1: Foo Fighters are awesome. Uh, I listened to a podcast earlier this week that compared them to uh, Nickelback. Saying oh, They just make dumb Yikes. rock songs. Yeah. Yeah. That pissed me off. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I get obsessive about bands and I'm like, that's not fucking true. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, that's, that's, um, I mean, yeah. Nic- Nickelback's just its own thing. All. You know, and, and, you know, I, I don't really completely understand all of the pushback on Nickelback, but I'm also not a huge fan of theirs, but, but to compare a fan band like the Foo Fighters and all of their success to Nickelback is a little rough.
1: And everybody in the world knows the lyrics to how you remind me. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: I remember when that song came out, actually, Sidebar, not a song we were planning on uh, planning on talking about. But I remember when that song very first came out and I was at Western in college and you sent me an email and you're like, you got to listen to this song. This is going to be the next great song, you know, and, and you really liked it at the time. And it is oh, a good song. Everybody did. Yeah, it is a good song, you know, and, and then for some reason, somewhere along the line, everybody just started trashing Nickelback after that. And I don't really know. I, I really don't know why. And I don't know. Really yeah.
1: yeah. Their first album, they had a song called Leader of Men. Or leader of man, or some some shit like that. I can't fucking remember now. But uh, but that was a really good song too. But yeah, but yes, yeah, there was somewhere along the line, and I don't know because I wasn't that big of a fan of mm-hmm. it. But everybody just turned on him. They became the butt of a joke, which is what annoyed me most about that. Uh, that yeah, show saying calling them the Nickelback of rock and roll.
0: You know, Honestly, if if you really want my opinion about Dave Grohl at this point, you name me a better face of rock and roll right now that oh. actually actually tries to you know bring it to the forefront because there's not a lot of people that are like moving rock music forward at this point.
1: There's probably only one other person I can think of, Sean, that you would maybe want to share a drink with in the, and we'll probably talk about him in a little bit, but Dave Grohl has got to be, in that top three of somebody you would just love to fucking hang out with.
0: The thing about them is, and, and you saw this in 2011 when we went and saw them in concert in St. Louis. And then I saw them again recently as what year was that? 2017 over in Champaign at the state farm center, former assembly hall. And they play for so long and give you so much that by the time they're done playing, you're just like, okay, I got my money's worth. I got more than my money's worth. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm
1: ready to go. That was 2011. It when was. we the last that. God It was. Damn, that was an amazing show. It
0: was. But, you know, during their encores, they'll go in the back and they'll show them on the video, like drinking a beer and kind of relaxing for a few minutes. And and usually it's it's Taylor Hawkins and Dave Grohl back there. And Taylor will be like, want to do one song? And he'll be like, he'll shake his head no. And at one point, they in the champagne show, I particularly remember, they said they were going to do five songs and they ended up doing like seven or eight you know, and it's like, you're get you've, you've already heard two and a half hours worth of the show. So now you're moving past three hours and, and you know, you're getting close to midnight and, you know, I'm old now and I'm like, man, this has been a great concert. I, I loved every second of it, but guys get off the stage. I got to go home.
1: <laughs> they, and you could tell they fucking love playing live. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's very cool. So, so if you get a chance to see the Foo Fighters go, because you're going to get your money's worth, just make sure you take a nap beforehand so
1: you can stay. Up the whole <laughs> and And you know, Don't drink too much because that's a long goddamn show. It is a show.
0: Or, you know, pace yourself because then you got to go to the bathroom and all the nonsense that goes along with that, and you miss parts of the show and stuff like that. So next.
1: Next, Sean. Mr. Jones by Counting Crows.
0: Good song. Great. I mean, it's it's the song that put them on the map easily, the song that put them on the map.
1: The first time I heard this song, I remember, I was actually uh, visiting my mom uh, uh, near Chicago, and it was on, they played on David Letterman, which was the uh that day was the infamous madonna show mm-hmm. where she took over and you know just was swearing and taking her shirt off and shit like that and then all of a sudden it was the day they,
0: before yeah,
1: it was the same show oh, the
0: same show oh my gosh yes. oh
1: yeah. wow okay and then all of a sudden and, and i watched this performance again last night it's so unbelievable and we were talking about the uh, uh across the wire mm-hmm. uh, album the, the acoustic album. version Mm-hmm. oh
0: it's such a great song. well i like it i like the acoustic version only for the number one weirdly the accordion that they use and it sounds awesome which you, you wouldn't think that out of accordion you know you just wouldn't think about that but he adds a line right before the song starts about do you want to be a rock and roll star well listen now to what i say go get an electric guitar and learn how to play and it's the way he sings that line into the song it just makes the song even that much more powerful than it normally is when you just hear the song and it's also a lot more mellow and that song that song a lot more mellow works really really
1: well oh absolutely and and, and their acoustic stuff I believe uh and we'll talk about this in a later episode the uh uh the, when we saw them in uh what was that 97 98 yeah. with uh, 97 uh, yeah summer
0: of 97 uh,
1: mm-hmm. yeah uh I can't believe I remember that uh but uh but yeah they did that little acoustic set and I don't remember if they played this song or not but they uh, did but and the song met yeah me and you were really into these these first two albums of them. Yeah,
0: well, it was that they, they played that song acoustically and they played Rain King acoustically. And the cool thing was is they didn't um, they didn't say okay, well, this is how we're gonna play these songs tonight. They played them regularly, so we actually heard Rain King and and um, and uh, uh, Mr. Jones twice. Which oh, was that's cool, right. which
1: was cool. That's right, because yeah. they were mm-hmm. getting ready to do the VH1 Storytellers, which mm-hmm. is the one of the records on that Across the Wire yes. live album.
0: yep. That's right. Yeah, so that was I really cool. That. That, was, that was kind of funny because um, that concert, just in general, was kind of funny for me because we went to, well, at least I went, when you said, hey, let's go see the Wallflowers and Counting Crows. At that point, the Wallflowers were extremely popular with One Headlight and Sixth Avenue Heartache and some of those kind of songs. And that's why I wanted to go was to see them. And I left and I was like, man... The, the Counting Crows blew it off the stage, yes. and it just—it we'll wasn't talk close. About that. Yeah, it wasn't—it wasn't even close—and made me uh, at that point a huge Counting Crows fan because you had the records before that we would yeah. listen to, and I went out and bought everything that they had, it which was only two albums at that point. I shouldn't see the seemed like it was a huge investment, but uh, but yeah, and and I think when we talk about the Counting Crows, that may be an episode just in itself as the Counting Crows because their career has gone in in strange ways to where peaks and valleys I would say but now that I'm listening back to some of what we thought were valleys they're actually better than what I thought they were you know it just well, wasn't and, the same
1: and and you brought this up the other day when we talked about present tense where no code was the uh, album that everybody jumped off of Pearl Jam they're like all right vitality was weird but it had better man and now all of a sudden we got this no code this weird album yeah it's similar to to uh Counting Crows uh where they went a little too poppy for me yeah and 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 you know just the they went the All-Star Smash Mouth route with a few songs that kind mm-hmm. of turned me off and uh, and jumped off of them. But then their later albums, which we can talk about on other episodes, uh, there's some really great shit on there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Especially their most recent one, which, you oh, their new album that came out in 2014. So they haven't had an album for a while. <laughs> Is that their last one? I think, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. It's been six, five or six years ago.
1: Yep. My favorite line of this song, Sean, let me find it here. Oh, Goddamn hand! I want to be Bob Dylan. Mr. Jones wants to be. Oh,
0: what the fuck is Someone this? just a little more funky.
1: Yeah, everybody loves you. Oh, son, just about as lucky as you can be, or funky as you can be. Jesus, that's what I meant to say.
0: So, what's that line mean to you?
1: I just love the, uh, like, Adam Duritz is saying, "I want to be this guy."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, like, man, if I could be Bob Dylan, that would be amazing. Where Mr. Jones just wants to be somebody. Just a little more funky, mm-hmm. so everybody would love them. Yeah,
0: it's an interesting song, and it just uh, the line that makes me stick out the most is uh, there was a girl in our uh, in our uh, high school named Maria, and you used to like to sing this song to her because her name was Maria, and that was the only real reason. Yeah, yeah. some of them Spanish dances. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just kind of funny.
1: Yeah, but yeah we'll talk a lot about kind of cross later on. And that was both of those albums uh, that. Uh, August and Everything After and Recovering the Satellites got a lot of play in Benny.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I would say that, uh, yeah, and at different times, too, because I remember we listened a lot to August and Everything After. And then, you know, it took a while before Recovering the Satellites came out. It was like three or four years between those two albums, I do believe.
1: I'm going to say 93 so to
0: 96, this, something like that.
1: This one came out in 94. And I think, mm-hmm. I want to say Recovering the Satellites came out in 96.
0: Yeah, maybe it wasn't as long as I thought. Back then, time seems like it's, you know, gaps are a lot bigger because time goes faster as you get older, obviously. Yes. So it's weird. And
1: we're old. So <laughs> half of the shit we're saying probably never happened. <laughs> well, that's true.
0: Are, are, are we even doing a podcast right now? What is this?
1: I don't even remember. <laughs> I'm just making shit up now. Yeah.
0: All right. What's next?
1: <laughs> so the next song Sean is uh, Don't Cry uh, by Guns N' Roses and it's funny you know I went to look for the lyrics last night and, I, and there's two different versions on okay so yeah Use Your Illusions one and two came out in the same day it was mm-hmm. uh, September 17th 1991 mm-hmm. and the that's you know 91 is the big year for grunge music uh, that's when Nevermind came out that's when uh, uh, 10 came out that's when Bad Motor Finger came out that's when Dirt came out or not their uh, facelift. You know, so this was, this was like the last, last shot for the big arena rock before alternative music kind of took out. And the, the albums are amazing and super successful. Oh, black, by Me- uh, the black album by Metallica came out
0: that year too. Oh yeah. And that was, whew, yeah, that was a huge album.
1: And we're going to have to talk about Metallica uh, per somebody's request. Yeah. Uh, in a future show. And when, and
0: we when, when Homer tells you to talk about Metallica, you talk about Metallica. i right. When do. he tells you to talk about kid rock, you think about it.
1: And, yeah. yeah and I we'll mean, see. we both like Kid rock, but Metallica. Absolutely.
0: We got a great story to tell about that. When we get to it though, Metallica, kid rock, yeah. the summer, summer sanitarium tour of 2000, oh. we might have to bring our, We might have to bring our friend Richie on for that one.
1: Actually. Oh, he would love that. Just yeah. to give me shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but so anyhow, so when I looked at the lyrics to this song, uh, you type in "Don't Cry" uh Guns N' Roses in Google mm-hmm. and it brings up the alternate lyrics the one that was on Use Your Loser 2. Okay, that's interesting. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so I actually had to dig to uh to find the the actual song. Uh hold on, I got some. But yeah, it's, no, so these two albums were huge and we were talking when we were talking about it the other day when you didn't actually like me in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got these uh, you got these albums the day they came out.
0: I did. The, yes.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I asked you to borrow them that day and you, like, of course, you weren't going to let me borrow them this day they came out.
0: Well, I wasn't going to let you borrow them even if we were best friends, because <laughs> I just no, got no. them. Yeah. yeah, but I would have let you come over and listen to them under the other circumstance, though.
1: Yeah, it was it was probably that next school year where me and you became uh, friends, right? Or later that year. But, I guess this was the beginning of the year, so it was probably that year. Well, they came like out in ninety. They had
0: to have come out in ninety two, right?
1: I'm they sorry, came out,
0: they came out in ninety two, not ninety one. No,
1: ninety one, September of ninety one. So it was well, right you, at the beginning. You,
0: you, you didn't live there then, did you? Oh, yeah, you did. You just moved yeah. there.
1: You, yeah like yeah this was met. this yeah, was okay. uh, freshman year right
0: no this was that would have been our eighth grade, year. eighth
1: grade year oh shit yeah so i guess i i had just
0: moved you there. had just moved there you were the yeah. really tall kid because you were taller than
1: everybody else <laughs> yeah. I mean, i'm still like, the same that? size and everybody else is bigger than me now <laughs>
0: yeah that's funny
1: yeah i was the tall kid
0: so this song, that song's interesting though. I was reading up on it, on your stuff that you sent me about it. And I thought the most interesting thing is I'm digging around for my notes now. Oh goodness. Where did it go? Um, I'm finding everything except for that one. Let's see. I thought the interesting thing was, is where the, where the song actually came from and I can't actually find it. Oh, here it is. I got it right here. Yeah, here it is. I thought it was interesting that it was, um, actually written because Izzy Stradlin had, uh, had a breakup with a girl and then he and Axel had talked about it and then they wrote a song about it essentially is where that, where that came from. According. Am I reading that right?
1: It was about a girl that Izzy had gone out with and I was really attracted to her and they split up. I was sitting outside the Roxy, and I knew I was really in love with this person and she was realizing this wasn't going to work. She wanted to do other things and she was telling me goodbye. And I sat down and just started crying and she was telling me don't cry. The next night, we got together and wrote the song in five minutes.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. It's a, it. The only thing about the song, it, it's a good song. It's a decent song. It just kind yeah. of goes on. It goes on a little bit too long, which is the is the user illusion albums are songs that you know could probably be shortened by a couple of minutes each.
1: It's funny that you said that because in the also it says along with the strains in November rain, it was it formed a narrative inspired in part by the story. The short story "Without You" by Del James, and you say long songs. "Strange" is like nine minutes long. "November Rain" is like eight minutes long.
0: Yeah, coma's long too, isn't it?
1: "Coma" is long. Yeah. There's another long one on there. I'm, 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 uh, I'm blanking. Out. But the the cool thing about this song uh, is it. This is features one of the first recordings of Shannon Hoon, lead singer mm. Black Velvet, who who tragically passed away, uh, of an overdose. Uh, but uh, but let's see. Slash said. That his voice placed uh, made that song all the more soulful, and and Blind Melon was one of those bands that were out at the same time that nobody really gave a shit about except for the No Rain, mm-hmm. you know, the the B-girl song. Yeah, uh, nobody in our era, area yeah. gave a shit about. But then uh, years later, you you know, go after after Shannon Hoon passed, you know, listening back to some of those songs, there were some great things, mm-hmm. absolutely amazing songs.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I you know, I I honestly don't. Don't know that I've. I should. I say yeah, but I'm not really sure that I've listened to him a whole lot to be able to really comment on that. You know, to uh, to say that
1: uh, mouthful of cavities change. Okay. Uh, galaxy. No. Galaxies. I, know. I, I
0: know Galaxy. Galaxy is yeah. a really good song, and no. Well, I'll probably put that on a tape for you. Actually. Probably, but that is that is a good song. Now I've got. See, you've introduced new music. That's what I was talking there about earlier. There we now I'm going to listen. Blind to, Melon's a badass band. Go now back I'm going to listen to new twenty-year-old music. So that's that's kind of okay. fun.
1: New to you, Sean. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly.
1: So, yeah. All right, Sean, I'm going to let you take control for the finale.
0: Oh, are we already to the finale? Jeez, it's gone fast this week. Okay, well, the finale of our songs this week is right now by Van Halen. And I think that this is actually a very fitting song in today's age. But the reason I picked it was because... You know, obviously, Sammy Hagar, the lead singer of Van Halen at that time when this song came out, is not in Van Halen anymore and hasn't been for quite a while. But his new band just recently did a cover of this song. I guess you can call it a cover when two of the members of the band are in it. I don't know, whatever. But uh, but they did it a little different where I think the thing that sticks out to most people in this song is the piano keyboards at the beginning. And and they changed it with a what would you call that like a sound machine I guess that they were using to uh, change the vibe of it a little bit where it wasn't keyboards at the beginning of the thing that they was, that they just did it
1: was, wasn't it Vic Johnson on the guitar
0: I don't think playing? so maybe it was I don't I don't know I couldn't tell that was, sure. I,
1: I watched it again last night and that was the thing that struck me was he was nailing it yeah you know he had the uh, the twelve string and six string guitar and uh, uh, playing it on the top part which I'm not sure which one that is, but, yeah. but he made it, I, I mean, the, he made turn the guitar into that piano. Like it was amazing. It was so fucking good.
0: I think in terms of serious songs that, that kind of resonate, this is probably the biggest song that Sammy Hagar Van Halen came out with, you know, for the, for the, what it was in terms of, you know, the video that came out that had all of the social messages on it and all of that stuff. I, I mean, it won the VMA for video of the year and won several other
1: awards holy shit Sean I you know I know we talking about how this is a good way for people not to have to uh, think about things uh, that's going on but you watch that fucking video now oh my god it's I mean it's just as relevant today you know for these times as it was back then it's it, incredible I was like blown away watching it. it had been probably 20 years since I've seen it
0: but yeah it well they updated it too in 2004 when uh, Sammy came back for the brief period that they went on tour um and uh, the tour that you and I went and saw, actually, um, and uh, and they actually updated it with things that were more socially relevant at that time. So if you see one of those videos, you know, like on YouTube of that, there's even an update to the 1991 version oh, or 1992. That. This, this was this
1: was obviously the original one because it was the uh, it had the little MTV thing, you know, where Van Halen right now
0: for all yeah and all, the cardinal knowledge, all that. Well, apparently the video part, Sammy was not very keen on the video when it was being made, and the part where he slams the door. Um, you know where, where I'm talking about? Did you see that yeah. where he walks in the dressing room and the door? Apparently he was really PO'd about something when he did that during the shoot and they kept it for the video. So it's kind oh, of funny cool. that it wasn't it wasn't a stage thing. I don't, he just didn't like the vibe and then he ended up loving it once it came out. I guess he just couldn't like necessarily wrap his head around the concept of it all. So so anyway, once it came out though, it was obviously a very huge thing. The one note about this too, this song very uplifting. So present tense, don't look back in anger right now. I, when I said that they kind of flow together, they kind of do because it's all live in the moment. Don't look at the past as much as you, as much as you, um, perhaps do when, you know, just kind of move past some of that stuff. But, but if you haven't heard this song in a long time, go back and listen to it. It's actually the, the lyrics for today's world that we live in are actually even probably more powerful than they were in 1991 when they came out. Uh, the
1: other thing, uh, why I put this song on last, uh, uh, on the playlist is, is one of the things we want to do is maybe try to get you know, guests on this show, mm-hmm. and the white whale, the big one for us, for Sean, would be to get Sammy Hagar on here.
0: Well, I mean, I've only seen him in concert a few
1: times in my life. Only a few times. Yeah. Sean, I, you, I'm the biggest Pearl Jam fan you've ever met. Mm-hmm. You're the only huge Sammy Hagar fan that I know. I, yeah. Like, it's, it, and and you've made me like I fucking hated some of his shit or listening mm-hmm. to it over and over in your car hated it and then you would get these <laughs> tickets and i wasn't necessarily going to these shows and i would go to these shows and god damn he can sing and yeah. put on a show like i was never disappointed i've probably seen him more times or just as many times as i've seen pearl jam uh because of you you know you it, it, and i've never been disappointed when we left those shows it would be amazing and he seems like such a badass dude
0: yeah yeah well the the uh the answer to the question of how many times has Sean seen Sammy Agar in various different forms, including, uh, let's see, how many how many different, inter- Sammy and the Wabos, which is the, you know, his normal band. Um, his new band, The Circle. I've seen him in Van Halen. I've seen him in Chickenfoot, And I've seen him with Montrose, which is kind of interesting because at one of the concerts in 2003, he came out with his normal band and played for a couple of hours and then took a break. And then Montrose, the original Montrose from the 1970s, came out and played for about an hour and played all of their hits, which is kind of cool. Not a huge fan of that era because it was so much before we were even born. But those are actually really good songs to hear in concert. So it was kind of neat. But seven, 17 times is the answer. 17.
1: Jesus Christ. I knew you knew the number I yeah. didn't know why you were bullshitting with the uh, I've seen it so many times <laughs> but, uh, I god I Sean you know how much mm-hmm. he, he used to annoy the shit out of me that yeah. he would play Hagar yeah and 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 I mean this was again 20 years ago uh it just seemed so cheesy to me and but going back now and listening to a lot of those songs like some of them grown on me like I actually I always used to tell you like uh I don't it's not that I mind Sammy Hagar I just never would choose to listen to him mm-hmm. and I actually have his some of his songs on my iPad and phone, oh that's funny or iPod and phone up. that's funny yeah yeah
0: well the but thing- that,
1: that would be a great that would that's our dream my dream for Sean is to have to get on this show the Red Rocker to talk to us about his music
0: we'll see you never know you never know but uh, Actually, I
1: don't need ten.
0: <laughs> funny, funny little uh, side story here. So since it's Father's Day, it's a good day to tell this story. So probably in 1995, 96, when the Balance album came out, which was the last album that Sammy did with Van Halen.
1: There's a great song that we'll have to talk
0: about. Yes, yes. But that's kind of the album that got me into The band, which is weird because a lot of people, if you look at the rankings of like the albums that Sammy did in Van Halen, it's probably most people's least favorite. But I thought that they adopted some of the more modern sounds of that time, like a little bit of the grunge in with that, where instead of it being kind of light poppy, you know, kind of stuff, it became a little bit darker edged during that album, which I kind of liked. And uh, then the song Humans Being came out, which I know it's not one of your favorites, D. But uh, but that song that song came out on the Twister soundtrack, which came out in early, like May, June of 1996. And I was like, oh yeah, that, that's I like that song. You know, it was even darker, probably a little bit more dark than some of the other stuff had been. And then on Father's Day that year was when Eddie Van Halen and Sammy Hagar had their falling out and you fell out of the band. And it was just like, I just got really into this band and now they're not together anymore. And then of course, Art- Van Halen went on their journey with, Uh, David Lee Roth briefly and then Gary Sharon if you remember the Van Halen 3 album and then Sammy ended up coming back in 2004 which then you and I saw them in concert I actually saw them back to back nights in St. Louis you went the second night and uh, you know that was like a dream come true for me to actually see them in concert 8 years after I started liking them was that
1: the, that was the one Shinedown opened up for
0: him, It right? was, yeah. Shinedown yeah. opened both. Jesus nights. Christ, that guy's a fucking
1: diva. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're not bad. They they put out pretty decent music, but uh, he ah. was uh he was um he thought he was a little bigger at the time perhaps than what he, he was. I thought he was Whitney
1: fucking Houston, Sean. <laughs> it was ridiculous. He was doing solos with his Oh
0: Jesus. Well, kept, well, don't you remember he kept telling everybody to get up and get on their feet? And it was just like everybody doesn't want to. You're the opening act. That yeah. doesn't happen very often.
1: Oh, so. and, and, and that, I, I'm sure they've got some great songs now. And I actually think I know a couple of them mm-hmm. from you know, guys I work with now. But, uh, uh, but that show right there, turned me off of them so badly. Like, God damn, it was annoying <laughs> as hell. It was, rrr, rrr, rrr,
0: rrr. Oh, <laughs> the 2008 or 2009 album sound of madness is actually really good that they, that they, I think it's called sound of madness. It's actually a really good album, but, but uh, yeah, but I, yes, to your point, they were, they were interesting to watch as an opening act. Matter of fact, I think so interesting that you and I went and stood outside similar to the Vince Neil thing from last week. You and I went and stood outside for a while waiting for Van Halen to start because we got bored. Yeah. So. Uh, Oh, by the way, speaking of that, I, I need to apologize for last week a little bit when I was uh, when I was talking about Vince Neal and how bad that was last summer. I got uh, Amanda, my wife, listened to it later, and she was like, "You know what? You really need to you really need to talk about that again because she in her mind she said I didn't go far enough with how bad it was." <laughs>
1: That's hilarious.
0: (laughs) She hated it so much. I mean I didn't like it. Man, she hated
1: it. (laughs) It's it's uh, I can't imagine it being the bad. Did you send me a video of that or maybe just a picture? I think I
0: showed you you and Richie the video when you were at my house over
1: Christmas last year. Oh, that's right. That's right.
0: I'm pretty sure that we watched a little bit of it just so I could show you how bad and really watching it on the video doesn't do justice to how bad it was when you were live and actually at uh, yeah. at the place. So anyway, that's it. That's all of our songs for this week. Um, any, uh, any previews for next week, perhaps.
1: I've got a couple of things I'm thinking about and, and this episode has made me think of more. Um, uh, you know, if we want to go back that to talking about balance, there's that don't tell me what love can do. Mm-hmm. song mm-hmm. It's the one that popped in my head. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, uh, but that at the moment, that's the only one I'm thinking, you know, might stick, but, uh, but if anybody else has got out there has got suggestions, of course, we'll have to do Metallica uh, for Homer. Uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. Well,
0: let's let's go through really quick all the different ways people can contact us and follow along with what we're doing. Um, you know, obviously uh, obviously Instagram, which we talked about earlier, um, you can download. You can subscribe on Spotify, Sean and Dee's Good Tape on Spotify, Sean and Dee's Good Tape on Apple
1: Podcasts. Uh, Sean and Dee's Good Tape at gmail.com. You can send us a link there or, or a shout out there.
0: Yeah. So send us a note. Let us know what you think of the show. Once again, was very overwhelmed last week with all the people who listened. I mean, even this morning, it's still being downloaded and it, it keeps going up every day. So that's pretty cool. But we do want feedback about uh, what you want to hear us talk about when it comes to music or anything else for that matter. But, uh, but so far, this has been a lot of fun.
1: The Instagram is at Sean dot and spelled out dot DSDs dot good tape. It's clear
0: as mud I know it
1: <laughs> That's why I didn't Fucking go into it earlier because, <laughs> Jesus Christ The dots And how you gotta do that
0: That's funny Alright I think we're done For the week So uh, thanks D For hanging out For a little bit This has been fun And I hope you enjoyed All the songs And once again Get the spot, get the playlist If you didn't get to So you can actually Hear these songs If you got to the end Of the show And you're like I really wanna hear them There is a playlist Up on Spotify So check it out Or like you get
1: said that. Last week Sean You know w- Before we get into Song just pause it Go to the playlist Listen to the song Kind of know What we're talking about
0: All right, we'll talk to you again next week here on Sean and D's Good tape.
1: Happy Father's Day, Sean.